TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go on this Thursday early evening, the 15th of October. This is Scoop Podcast episode 317. I'll begin by emptying out my figurative notebook in no particular order. Apple Valley native Trey Jones will have a second interview with the hometown Wolves. Jay Scrub, good-looking prospect, Louisville commit, decided instead of playing for Louisville, He's coming out of JUCO. He's going right to the NBA. He had a second draft interview with the Wolves earlier this week. Desmond Bain of TCU. Ryan Miller is somebody I know. That's Mike Miller's brother. He's on the TCU staff. Others have told me a lot of good things about Bain. Like, I'm positive Bain will not be there for the Wolves at pick 33. So if there's interest, they would have to grab him at pick 17. He is a first-round prospect that has already interviewed with the Wolves. I don't believe I passed that along previously Cassius Stanley likely will be there of Duke Cassius Stanley of Duke likely will be there pick 33 he too is another prospect that has already interviewed with the Wolves Gerson Rosas of the Wolves is scrambling finding out just this week he can go visit prospects top of his list Anthony Edwards of Georgia and LaMelo Ball I know LaMelo is training in Detroit but make no mistake the Wolves are doing homework on James Wiseman I just saw a picture of Wiseman by the way, he's been training down in Miami. He looks unbelievably fit. He looks chiseled. Like my own personal opinion is the safest pick in this draft. I don't see the Wolves going this direction, but to me the safest pick in this draft is big man James Wiseman. Ryan Saunders of the Wolves spoke this morning to the Minnesota Basketball Coaches Association. One of the coaches who was on the virtual call said Ryan was A+. Former gopher Daniel Oturu had what a team source said was a good interview with the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. He also interviewed the other day with Charlotte. Congratulations to Minnesota native Dave Yeager. He is back in the NBA, back on the bench. He will be an assistant coach with Doc Rivers. Tip of the hat to ESPN for first reporting that. Pat Elfine of the Vikings with that thumb injury still isn't ready to come off injured reserve. Drew Samia, wrist injury. He was a full participant in Wednesday's practice, did not practice here on Thursday. I'm told he went for an MRI. We are awaiting those MRI results. So on Thursday, Cleveland and Udo split first team reps. So if Samia can't go on Sunday, will it be Cleveland? Will it be Udo? Those were the two guys that got the first team reps on Thursday. Don't be surprised if P.J. Fleck and the Gophers have some more players opting out of the season. I was going back and forth with a former Gopher who was in contact with a current Gopher. Sounds like the offense is kicking some serious tail in practice. Not a shock, right? Tanner Morgan, Rashad Bateman, Chris Ottman-Bell, offensive linemen that are back. Brevin Spanford, remember that name? The St. Cloud kid at the tight end position. The Gophers have a lot of weapons on offense, even though Demetrius Douglas opted out. Rodney Smith gone. Shannon Brooks gone. Tyler Johnson gone. They have a ton of weapons on offense. I saw the early line has the Gophers as a two and a half point favorite against Michigan. You figure three points or home field advantage, although with only family and maybe some limited friends in attendance, like, you know, what, 200, 300 people at TCF Bank Stadium. It's not a real home field advantage, but figure there is some sort of point, you know, favoritism, if you want to term it that, with a team, you know, being in a familiar environment. So the Gophers playing 
at TCF Bank Stadium the night of the 24th, 6.30 kickoff. So figure it's a toss-up game, right, that the Gophers are getting, you know, one or two points for playing in their in their home stadium. So figure Gophers and Michigan, at least according to the prognosticators, very much a toss-up game. Yes, game day is considering being here, but game day isn't what it used to be in this COVID world. They would be inside the stadium. Sure, the Gophers would be prominently featured, as would Michigan, as would the Little Brown Jug, if game day does ultimately choose to be here for Minnesota and Michigan. Makes logical sense with the game on ABC primetime, but nothing has been definitively decided. But yeah, absolutely, ESPN is considering being here for game day on the morning of October 24th. Junior Trey Holloman of Creighton Durham Hall picked up a football offer from Michigan State today. All signs still point to him playing basketball in college, not football. Tom Izzo and Michigan State, maybe a slight leader right now, but he loves Ed Conroy. The Gophers are absolutely in the mix for Trey Holloman. This is not just, you know, them keeping the Gophers in the mix because it's politically the right thing to do. There is genuine, legitimate interest from Trey Holloman in the Gophers. Credit to Ed Conroy. Ed Conroy has an excellent relationship with Trey and his family. Tayson Chapman, sophomore guard from Totino Grace. He already has a Gophers offer. He picked up an Iowa State offer today per his Twitter page. Gophers hockey commit Joe Miller. I was texting with him the other day. I'll record an interview with him next week. He will play this entire season for Chicago, the Chicago Steel in the United States Hockey League bypassing his senior year at Blake. He was drafted last week by Toronto. On the Twins, because that's where I will begin my conversations portion of Scoop Podcast episode 317. I was going back and forth with a team source. This team source was recently in Fort Myers for instructionals. Now, not every guy is down there. Like Royce Lewis is not at instructionals. Alex Kirilov is not at instructionals. So some guys are not there, but this is the feedback this Twins individual gave me. Ben Gross looks like a future big leaguer. So for information, he was actually, you know, atop top of my head, I can't remember if he was a ninth or 10th round pick. I believe it's Duke. He's a starting pitcher. He's an under-the-radar prospect, but he is having a really good instructional run down there in Fort Myers. So just remember that name, Ben Gross. Told he's made huge strides. Yeah, looks like a future big leaguer per this source. Raya, he was their, what, third-round pick? Yeah, third-round pick back in June. He was impressive. He's put on some good weight already. He's up to 95 miles per hour with four distinct pitches. Aaron Sabato, the first-round pick, looks good. The second-round pick, Solare, the outfielder from Tennessee, looks good. The fourth-round pick, Rosario, looks pretty good. So that's some feedback on some guys looking good in Fort Myers at Twins Instructionals. All right, Jorge Polanco. Doesn't do many interviews. I don't remember the last time he actually did a one-on-one interview. Now, I was able to track him down earlier this week. He had ankle surgery. He'll get the staples out of the ankle at some point before the week is over. Begin rehab at some point as soon as next week. Jorge offered to do the interview in English, but admitted that the answers would be pretty short. You know, he's a Spanish speaker. Spanish is his number one language. So he asked if he could do the interview in Spanish, then have a translator. I said, sure, why not? I have no problem with that. If you can elaborate on the questions I ask, I'd prefer that you're able to elaborate. So yeah, go ahead and speak in Spanish. We'll have a translator. So his agent, Ulysses Cabrera, is the translator here in this interview. So Jorge was able to comprehend my questions in English to some extent, but 
Ulysses then relayed the questions back to Jorge in Spanish. He then answered in Spanish. Ulysses then was able to translate in English. So that's the way this interview goes. Here's my conversation from earlier this week with twin shortstop Jorge Polanco. Jorge, I appreciate your time. The Twins told us last week, late last week, I believe it was Thursday, that you underwent yet another surgery on your right ankle, a right ankle surgery. How are you doing since your surgery? Él dice que la semana pasada los Twins informaron al público que tú habías ya realizado otra operación, el tobillo derecho. ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo tú te estás sintiendo de, de ese tobillo ahora mismo? Bueno, ahora mismo yo, yo lo que me estoy recuperando es cirugía, siendo mejor, eh, eh, no, tengo, no tengo dolor, solo que en la, que en la, que en la cicatriz que tengo, y estoy mejor esperando a ver, voy, voy para el doctor Luciano, pero todo lo que él me dice. He says, uh, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, as of right now, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, I don't have any pain, uh, certainly not uh, any pain compared to the season. Um, right now, I'm just at the beginning stages of, of my rehab, and I'm looking forward to seeing the doctor in the next couple of days to get my stitches out. Jorge, who did the surgery? Hey. Eh, eh, ¿Quién hizo el, el, la operación, eh, Chulo? El doctor uh, Kirtsey. Yo no sé pronunciar mucho su nombre, no, pero él... Sí, él... It's, uh, his, his name, he doesn't know how to say his name exactly, uh, but it's the team, the team doctor. And Jorge, in terms of your rehab, are you already starting the rehab process? And what will the next few weeks and months look like when it comes to your rehab? Eh, él dice eh, sobre la rehabilitación, cómo, o sea, cuándo comienzas y, y cómo lucen la próxima dos o tres semanas de, de este proceso. Bueno, eh, ya que, ya como le dije, estoy esperando ver al doctor en estos próximos días para que me quite los puntos y entonces de ahí él decide eh, cómo va a ser la rehabilitación, cuánto va a durar y dónde la voy a empezar a hacer. Creo que la primera semana la voy a empezar a hacer en Minnesota y de ahí pues me voy a Florida. Okay, he says, like he said, that he's going to be seeing the doctor this week. Hopefully get the stitches out. Uh, at that time, the doctor will uh, decide on the time frame. Uh, so he, he should be in Minnesota for the next week or so, and then he anticipates being down in Fort Myers uh, for the rest of the process. Jorge, is there confidence that this will be it, that this second surgery on your right ankle will fix everything, that you won't need another surgery, say, in a year or two years from now? Él dice que si hay confianza de que con esta operación se va a poder resolver todo y que más para adelante ya no se va a necesitar O sea, que ya tú deberías estar libre de dolor y no se va a necesitar otra operación. Si Dios quiere, sí. Eh, yo, yo tengo la confianza de que, de que después de aquí ya no va a haber más cirugía. Si Dios quiere. Yeah, he says, God willing, I'm, I'm confident and so is the medical team that, that this will be uh, the last surgery with respect to, to my ankle. Jorge, what does it say about your toughness? that you were able to play 55 of the 60 games this year, 
then the two playoff games. What does it say about how tough you are? Eh, eh, lo que pregunta es, ¿qué, ¿qué habla de tu mentalidad, la fuerza, la voluntad tuya, que tú pudiste jugar 55 juegos y los juegos de los playoffs teniendo ese dolor tan grande eh, todos los días? Bueno, yo creo que eso eso habla mucho de mí, tú sabes, yo eh, eh, cuando, empe cuando empecé a jugar sentía dolor, pero pensé que era parte del proceso de la cirugía, hasta que pasaron semanas y, y, y siguió el dolor así, y entonces ahí ya me di cuenta que, que, que estaba difícil seguir jugando, pero con el, con el orgullo que tengo y, y, y eso, que eh, por eso no paré de jugar. Uh, he says, you know, I think that speaks for itself. Um, when I started playing at the beginning of the year, I thought it was just normal to have a little bit of pain due to the first operation. But after a couple of weeks had gone by and the pain was so great, uh, a sense of pride and team uh, came about and, and he knew that he just needed to do his best to get through the year the best he could, uh, despite the, the high and the, the high level and the intensity of the pain uh, over the course of the year. Jorge, how hard was it to drive the ball to do what you normally do on a healthy ankle? Because before the first ankle surgery, Jorge, we remember how brilliant you were your all-star year a year ago. So we were accustomed to you putting up certain prodigious numbers offensively, but those numbers weren't there this year. How hard was it to do what you normally do in the batter's box? Él dice, háblele a la gente que qué tan difícil era tú eh, impactar la bola ofensivamente teniendo teniendo el dolor de, del tobillo. Bueno, yo no, en, en, yo, eh, pri, primeramente yo no puedo poner, tú sabes eso, de, de mi puta, eh, eh, eso no puede estar así, pero... Eh, ¿Cómo, eh, ¿Cómo fue? Se, se me cortó ahí, chulo. No, digo que no quiero no quiero poner eso de excusa, pero la, la situación de que de que ya yo venía de una, de una cirugía y, y, y en la mente sabía que el dolor todavía estaba ahí y que en el físico lo sentía y no podía no no podía hacer a 100% lo que yo hago, creo que afectó mucho. He says, first and foremost, I'm not an excuse maker, so I, I don't play on excuses and I don't believe in excuses. But the reality is that I I couldn't I couldn't rotate, I couldn't I couldn't uh, I couldn't depend on my foot as much as I normally do to generate uh, the whip that that I do uh, at the at the plate. Jorge, what's interesting is you had a good year overall. In fact, a great year defensively. So how challenging was it to play in the field to make the plays you did on a bad ankle? El dice que interesante es que, o sea, en realidad tú tuviste un año bueno en general, pero defensivamente sobresaliste. O sea, eh, ¿cómo fue el trabajo tuyo de la defensa y, y cómo fue jugando eh, teniendo el dolor en, en el tobillo? Bueno, en, en, en la defensa no me... No me molestaba tanto el tobillo porque en realidad yo 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 no tenía que, que apoyarlo tanto, hacer muchas fuerzas, eh, eh, como, como cargar mucho con él. 
eh, 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 pero el, traba, el trabajo que hicimos en, en el Ocison eh, eh, mentalmente como tú me ayudaste y en, y en la y en la y en la temporada trabajando con, con Tony Díaz eh, me resultó bien defensivamente este año hey, said, you know on defense uh, just because of the nature of the movement it didn't impact me I didn't have as much pain defensively as I did offensively But I definitely credit my off-season work, uh, uh, the mental focus on improving my defensive game, and and in-season work with Tony Diaz uh, on on improving my defensive uh, metrics. And uh, it really was a focus for me personally in the off-season, and and I'm glad that uh, you know I, I I finished so much uh, better than I did last year uh, with respect to the defensive metrics. Jorge, how disappointing was it to lose in the playoffs again? So you guys lose last year to New York. You were swept, and now you were swept this year by Houston. Él dice que, que con, lo, en, con respecto a los playoffs, qué tan difícil era eh, perder eh, otra vez más eh, los otros años con los Yankees, esta vez con, con Houston. Es difícil, es difícil para... Pa para nosotros como equipo y, y como y como jugadores eh, es, un, eh, es un sentimiento que que, que que es difícil llevarlo pero que hay que superarlo ¿sabes? nosotros como equipo vamos vamos a superar ese sentimiento y sé que vamos a lograr ganarlo he says uh, clearly as a team it's, it's difficult um, as a player individually it's tough to swallow we prepare all year and off season to to have success And, and to be playing in the final games of the season, um, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible feeling, but it's one that he believes that uh, they're going to overcome together as a team, and he's excited for, for next year and uh, what it what entails. Jorge, on the horrible feeling, was it just unfortunate that the play at the end of, of game one, now you guys could have still gotten out of that inning, but the throw wide to Louis Arise? Is that something that you think about? Eh, pregunta, hablando de lo difícil, la jugada en segunda, y eso, eh, si es algo eh, que, que es difícil, eh, de, o sea, si es, sigue siendo difícil ese, esa jugada. Uh, es difícil pensar, pensar, eh, pensar eso, pero eh, 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 uno tiene que mirar mira hacia el futuro y, y siempre después de, de cualquier jugada que uno haga, cualquier que uno cometa en el terreno, eh, 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 siempre viene algo más, más adelante que no nada más esa jugada. Right, yeah, yeah, everything, everything when you lose uh, hurts, but, you know, the, you know, that's in the past and, and focused on the future and uh, excited about what the future holds for us as a team. And for your future, Jorge, You're only 27 years old. Is there a sense that the best of your career is still to come? As brilliant, as good as you were last year in 2019, you know, becoming an all-star, is there a thought that your ceiling is even higher, that the best that you'll play is still in the next few years? Dice, en cuanto a tu futuro personalmente, tú solamente tienes 27 años. El año pasado, eh, Tuviste, llegaste al juego de estrella. Eh, la proyección que ellos tienen es que el, el futuro tuyo es brillante. ¿Cómo tú evalúas 
tu futuro en, en cuanto a eso? Oh, claro, eh, 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 el futuro mío con Dios delante. Ahora que falta más eh, Jorge Polanco, Jorge Polanco tiene mucho que darle a, a, a mí personalmente y a, a mi familia, a Dios, a los fanáticos. Tú sabes, ahora, ahora que viene lo bueno, si Dios quiere. Of course, he says, God willing, now is just the beginning uh, for for the team, for me personally, for our fan base. Uh, I'm working as hard as I can to be the best best version of myself. Now is when the good stuff is going to happen, and I'm 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 hoping for the future uh, of of uh, playing for the Twins and and for t Twins baseball overall. Two more, Jorge. What do you think about Royce Lewis? who can play different positions, but, you know, some people view him as, as, you know, mainly a shortstop. What do you think about the Twins' top prospect? Dice, eh, de Royce Lewis, el profeto que, que tiene en Minnesota, ¿cómo tú lo evalúas como pelotero? ¿Qué, qué tú piensas de él? Ah, eh, eh, es un tremendo, tremendo muchacho. Principalmente eh, es una tremenda persona. Eh, eh, creo que el futuro, el, el futuro tiene mucho para él hace un tremendo pelotero y, y, y estoy excitado por verlo en, 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 el show, en el show al igual que aquí ya yeah. he says he's a more more than what people talk about as a player he's a tremendous person uh, his future is is certainly very bright and he's excited to see him in the big leagues uh, whenever that day comes And Jorge, thank you for your time. Last one. What else should we know? What else, you know, didn't you touch on about maybe more so your ankle that would be important for, for people listening to this and watching this? It would be important for them to know. Él dice, para cerrar, ¿qué tú deseas que el público sepa de ti, de la lesión que ellos quizás no sabían que tú quieres que ellos sepan de ti eh, antes de antes de cerrar eh, la, la conversación. No, bro. Eh, 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 básicamente nada, que, que, que yo voy a hacer lo posible por, por, por mejorarme ahora en esta rehabilitación y, y para estar ready el año que viene. He said, you know, basically he's, he's most, the most important thing for him is for everybody to know how hard he's worked to, to put himself in a position to be the best uh, contributor on the team possible. Um, all he wants to do is help the Twins win baseball games and bring a championship to, to Minnesota. Um, he's going to work his, his uh, tail off to be uh, ready to go for spring training, and he's excited about what the future holds uh, for him individually now that he's had this operation and as a team collectively uh, for 2021. Jorge, I know I speak for many Twins observers when I say we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for doing this. Ulysses, thank you for, for doing what you just did here with, with the translating. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, you know, that, the last part also, I, I, didn't, I wrote it down, but I didn't finish it. You know, the other thing is he, uh, you know, he feels sorry to a certain extent that he wasn't able to share His, his what was happening with them during the season, but he didn't want to give anybody a competitive advantage against the team. Um, so you know he appreciates you uh, being willing to to share you know everything that we, he was going through during the season, uh, just because you know he he wants to make sure that people 
know how how hard he works uh, and and how much he's committed to trying to be the best player for the for the Twins fan base. Just another reminder, there's always more to the story. That's why those of us who enjoy digging need to continue to dig. There's always more to tell. Maybe I should have been on to something, you know, early in the season, middle of the season on Jorge Polanco, and the numbers really started to dip. I still think at 27 years old, the future is incredibly bright. But now we know, right? I mean, the ankle was bothering him. I mean, he just didn't say anything. Anybody with the Twins – you know, didn't say anything because, hey, they didn't want to create this competitive disadvantage. Just remember, there's always more to the story. But I appreciate Jorge and his willingness to come on the podcast to do that interview. I'll use some of it on Channel 5 as well. I'll put the whole interview on the KSTP website as well. Wanted to make sure I got it out there. And hopefully that worked out. Hopefully, you know, you enjoyed that. Hopefully it was okay with Ulysses, his agent, translating I wish I remembered a lot of my Spanish from my University of Minnesota days. I understand some, but I just don't know if I could have comprehended everything he said. And certainly my Spanish speaking isn't what it used to be in my early 20s. So that was the best I could do to provide you a Jorge Polanco interview. It was about two or three weeks ago. I had Aaron Sabato on the podcast, but it got edited out. Apparently there was some hiccup with the way it went into the computer system. So let me replay that interview. Sabato, the Twins' first round pick from June. So I did this interview with Aaron like five or six weeks ago. So at that time, he wasn't even aware when he would head to Fort Myers for instructionals. He's now been in Fort Myers for darn near three weeks for instructionals, but I still think everything I talked with Aaron about is applicable. So here is my conversation from a handful of weeks ago, but everything still works. It'll still play fine. Hopefully it plays actually literally plays fine here when I process this entire podcast. Here is my conversation from earlier in the fall, actually even in the summer, heck, right? The the calendar flipped to fall just what a week or two ago. It would have been what, like mid to late September. So yeah, this was done like, I don't know, early August. Mid-August, I don't know, sometime during the summer. It doesn't matter when I did it. It still works. Here's my conversation with Twins first-round pick from the University of North Carolina, Aaron Sabato. Aaron, before we relive draft day, the draft process, just take us through what the last few months have been like for you. Like, how how have you been able to stay sharp? Um, yeah, so, I mean, for me – um, routine um, is, is very important. Um, and so once we got kicked off uh, um, campus from UNC, um, it was pretty much going to, to realize like, okay, well, my season in college is, is going all the way till mid-June. So it's, okay, I got to keep my body in, in, in season shape. I'm not going to go home and, and try to lose that. Like I got to keep, like my body's on a strict schedule and especially with season and, and how long baseball seasons are like, there's, you don't want to keep fluctuating with your body. So for me, it was, okay, I'm going to take these five months and, and stay in season shape and keep running and keep lifting and keep hitting, fielding, throwing and keeping my body in season shape. And then it was, you know, once it got towards the draft and, and then I was done, it was, okay, well, now I'm realizing, like, this, this is my job. This is, you know, this is what I'm here for. And, and then I went through the summer and realized, like, you know, although there wasn't a minor league season, it's the same thing. It was – if it was a normal year, I would have been playing from – right after the draft, probably for another couple months. So then it was, okay, continue that same thing. Like, stay in shape, keep working out, keep, keep my body, my shoulder, my arm, everything in game-ready shape. 
and then just keep going as if it was a normal year, as if I was playing, you know, every day and, and, and lifting and everything. So for me, the biggest thing was just maintaining the same in-season body as if it was a normal year and I was playing throughout um, have, every day. Have you been able to face live pitching, though? Like, where where is home base right now? Are you in New York? Are you in Chapel Hill? And if you're in Chapel Hill, have you been able to face some Tar Heels pitchers? Like, I would think that's part of staying sharp, right? You need to be in the batter's box seeing live pitching. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I've seen some live pitching, some of the kids that they left college and came home. Um, but my dad bought one of those hack attack machines about a couple of years ago. There was like a baseball facility place closing, and he got it for really cheap. And those are the things that, you know, professional teams use for practice to, to practice velo, curveballs. And, and even at UNC, it was something that we use five, six days a week. Um, so I was very fortunate enough to have that in my backyard. All right, but, I mean, truth be told, I mean, you haven't actually seen a live pitcher since the last time you were in the batter's box for North Carolina? No, I've, I've, we've had a couple guys that live pitching that have thrown since they've been back home because um, all the guys that went from college and that lived in my area, a lot of guys, some guys like went to BC. Um, there's some professional guys around there, so I try to – I would just hop in and, and go swing against them. Just how weird has, has this time been, this atypical, this crazy time? Like, how have you been able to navigate the, the roller coaster of the last few months? Uh, I mean, it's definitely been different. I mean, but it's, I mean, it's been different for everybody. So, for me, it was just like I can control what I can control and, and not worry about everything else. And for me, obviously, the biggest thing was keep my family safe as I, as I came home. Um, but then for me, it was, like I said before, keeping my body in shape. And, and those things are, are something that I can easily control, especially – you know, even if the, the resources are limited, it's, it's do, it, do what you can the best you can. And, and so, for me, that was, that was the biggest thing. What sort of direction do you have from, from the Twins organization? Like, do you have any sense if, if they'll call you down to Fort Myers at some point, late fall, early winter for, for some instructional work? I mean, is there any, is there any talk of, of some sort of Arizona Fall League? you playing in some sort of Fall League? Like, do you know anything on that front? Yeah, so I've only gotten um, just a few words about the instructional leagues um, in Fort Myers. I, I think Major League Baseball, I think, cleared for it about a couple of days ago. Um, but as of that, like, it got cleared. So now they're going through all the logistics of, like, testing and, who I guess, who they're going to hire and, and how things are going to go down on their end for people that are going to work there. So, I mean, I'm just kind of – I mean, pretty much since the draft, like, I'm, I'm just waiting, um, staying in shape, staying ready, and just waiting for the – I guess that, that phone call of saying, like, you know, like you're going to report here and on, on whatever day it is. But for me, it's just if, when that day comes, it comes. I mean, is that the hope, though, that, that you will head to Fort Myers at some point to get some work in? You know, who knows if it's November, December, January, but, but at some point during this winter, you'll be able to head down south? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, that's, I think that's definitely the goal. Um, I mean, obviously, it's something that I'm really hoping for. I mean, nobody wants to, especially just getting drafted and, and – would have started my professional career. You don't want to start your professional career. I mean, if, if it is what it is with the COVID all the way until February, I mean, there's a lot of minor league baseball players not playing baseball right now. And so I think that's why staying in shape is, is the best thing. But obviously, I mean, I love the game of baseball. And if, if, there, was a, if there was a chance to go play, you know, in a, in a week or two, I, obviously I would love nothing more. Take me through your trip here. So you came here to Minnesota, right, for, for a short stint, right, for, for a physical. Yep. You got to see Target Field. Yeah, I got um, – it was June, 20, June 22nd we flew in. June 23rd um, was the signing day, and I went through all my physicals, everything like that, and then I got to go in the locker room, um, walk through, see all, like, the, the cages in the cage area, 
um, the strength and conditioning room, everything, and then walked onto Target Field. Um, that was, I mean, something that I'll obviously never forget, and hopefully can get that back there pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, on that, I mean, how much of, of you being drafted is just the start of, of your journey that, that hopefully it's sooner rather than later, but, but you know this, Aaron, nothing is guaranteed, even as a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it might take, who knows, it might take, if you get here, what, three, four years. I mean, it could be a long time. Yeah, I mean, that's just like, I mean, it's just like anything. For me, you know, you try not to put, you know, you try not to put a, an X amount of years on it. You know, you don't you want to say, like, obviously the goal is to make it up as quick as possible. And I think, you know, once I get into the system and, and start playing, I know, I know what I, I know what I can do and, and, and I know what I can control. And if I go out and play my game and, I mean, I'm hoping to be up there, obviously, relatively quickly. I mean, I'm a college guy who, who's played two years in the ACC and has seen the competition. And so getting out there, just getting acclimated and, and showing what I can do, I, I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit. But obviously, like you said, you know, I, the goal when being a first round, like when you first round pick, it's, it's not to be a bust and it's not to, it's not, I'm not looking to play minor league baseball for 10 years. For me, it's get to the major leagues, make an impact for the, for the Minnesota Twins and, and win a World Series. On the knowing what you can do part, I guess expound on that. Like, take us through what you know you can do. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm really humble. Um, but, I mean, in, in a sense, like, I, I know I, I'm really good at controlling the zone and swinging at the pitches I want. And when I, when I put the barrel on the ball, I, I can do some damage. And I think, you know, that was one of the things that uh, the Twins really um, were intrigued about and, and saw. And I think, you know, obviously that's, that's probably the, the best part of my game. And, and I think having that ability and, and having success at two years at UNC, you know, if I can keep that same mentality of, of you know, swing and strikes, take balls, and put the barrel on the ball, I mean, that's really, really simplifying it. But, you know, you don't, you don't want to overthink in the game of baseball. It's, it's way too hard. And if I can continuously do that, you know, throughout my minor league career and my professional career, I think I, I, think I got a good shot. When did the dream, Aaron, of, of playing professional baseball in your mind – become a reality like I look back was it the 2017 perfect game event where where your exit velo on on one of your hits it broke some sort of Bryce Harper record like was it then was it before then was it after some success in Chapel Hill like when did it hit you you know what I can absolutely play professional baseball um I mean my my dream of playing major league baseball has, has been since I was about three years old um, but I think, you know, when that dream became a reality, I mean, I, growing up hitting and, and, and playing, all my coaches said, like, you know, like, you know, he, he's got something that, that, I, that I haven't seen. And, you know, for me, being a younger kid, you're always like, okay. And obviously playing in the major league, you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm 13, 14, 15. I'm like, like what, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, everybody keeps saying it. So it's like, all right, well, I'm just going to keep putting my work. And I think for me, not focusing on that stuff and just kind of taking it day by day, that's what helps me the most. I mean, if I'm going to look like, just like now, like, you know, as you said, playing major league baseball, well, if it's one, two, three or four years from now for me to, to wait for, to only look for that day, that would, that would just be silly. And so just taking it day by day and realizing like, if I can get better every single day, um, that's the point. But I mean, I think it was a reality um, probably around last year um, or a reality that I was going to be a first round pick was probably around my freshman year in the middle of the year. I mean, I started off, I think like, two months into the season, I was hitting below a hundred batting, batting in the three hole. And so I was, I think about one for 30 or one for 35. Um, when I look back at it and it was one of those things where um, it's just like, 
this, this isn't what I want. Uh, I know like I'm better than this. And then it was just slowly making strides, like kind of going back to saying, like looking down the road, like obviously everyone wants to, to have the batting average and have the home runs. But if I'm only looking for that number as I'm playing the season and I'm number chasing, it, it, I'm only going to go downhill. So for me, it was just, you know, take it game by game, do, do what I can control what I can control. And little by little, everything started to, to fall into place. Um, and so uh, once I had, after my freshman year of, of North Carolina, I realized, you know, like, like this is for real. Like, like I got a real shot to go out there and, and be a first round draft pick, which is, you know, once I got into high school and, and when I was younger, that's, that was the main goal to, you know, cause it's how close can I get to, to my goal of playing major league baseball? And if you become a first round pick, you're obviously your chances are higher. And so for me, it's, it's just keep chipping away at that, at that goal. Did things also ramp up? Was it February or late January? Did you play in a, in a tournament at, at U.S. Bank Stadium here in Minneapolis? You got to face Max Meyer, somebody I've covered for, for years. I mean, as you well know, he was the first pitcher off the board. I remember talking to Sean Johnson of the Twins. He told me that you had success against Max. Did things uh, ramp up maybe after that tournament? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I would say things would ramp up only because the season got cut short. Um, but obviously if it, if it wasn't, that was, you know, the last week of February. And so for, there would have been four more months out of the season. Um, so for me, I think, you know, that was a turning point in my season. I, I struggled like the week before. Um, but after I had that really good weekend at U.S. Bank, you know, it started to fall into place. And then the next week I had, you know, six home runs or seven home runs in, in seven days. And so I think after that, and you know, the season got cut short. I think then it started to realize like okay I'm I'm probably not going to play at UNC um, ever again, um, and then it was just okay well let's let's see what how the draft plays out, um, but yeah I think that I think those realities of am I going to be a professional baseball player only happened like when things got cut short and I feel like that's how I wanted it to be I didn't want it to be of you know okay I have a good weekend against Max Meyer oh I'm going to be a professional baseball player like that's what I'm that's what you you, you want to avoid of you know, that's not how I go about playing the game of baseball. Like, I play the game of baseball because I love it at the University of, my, at University of North Carolina, which is my dream school. And the fact that I get to play with 40 of my best friends every day, like, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking at, like, oh, I have a good weekend. Like, yeah, I'm going to play professional baseball. So I, I think for me, not worrying about things like that is, is kind of why I've had certain success. What sort of position flexibility do you have? Like, are you just a first baseman? Do you think you can play some maybe right field? I mean – a lot of people say maybe he's just a DH, but I'm thinking you don't want to just pigeonhole yourself as just no. a designated hitter. Yeah, no, I, I, I can play anywhere. I mean, I grew up playing shortstop in high school. I went, like you said, those perfect game stuff. I went all the way through playing as a shortstop. And for me, you know, I mean, we've had some, some coaches up here. Um, one of the head uh, assistant field coordinators is from um, Fairfield, so I've had some work with him um, at the fields by my house here. And he says, he's like, he said, I don't know why people knock your footwork. He said, we've had a couple sessions of fielding ground balls. And he said, I'm not gearing you up just to play first. He said, I'm gearing you up to play third anywhere with your footwork. And you got good feet and good hands. And so for me, that's the biggest thing of like proving people wrong. You know, I mean, you got, like you said, you got analysts and, and people like that saying that I can't play certain positions or I, yeah, he can only be a DH, but I think that's only because you read my, my height and weight people, you know, you don't get out on the field and, Maybe you watch, maybe you watch one or two innings, and then you, you're watching me at first base, and maybe I don't get a ball. Um, so for me, it's it's one of those things where if like you see me off the field and you you see the way I move and the way I 
I go and, and play different sports and how I move around, I think that's when you get a real sense of, of who I am as a defensive player. But if not, and, and people want to say what they say, I mean, everybody's going to have their opinion. And I mean, I've been, I've been dealing it with my whole life. So, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You, you just let them speak and then you just go out there and play your game. I mean, do you use that, you know, as, as motivation? I mean, are you one Aaron that, that has a chip on your shoulder? Um, yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, I had, I had, um, I would definitely say I use definitely that stuff as fuel. Um, one of the things when I was younger, I had a doctor, I, I had to go to like some random doctor to get a physical for my high school at the time. And he said like, Hey, like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, you know, I want, I want to play, I want, I want to be a major league baseball player. I want to play professional baseball. And he said, and he laughed in my face and he said, Oh, well, you should probably find a more realistic dream. And so for me, you know, five years later, I'm a first round draft pick by the Minnesota twins and already getting closer to my goal. And so, I mean, it's just things like that. Like you never forget If people say I can't play first base. And all I say is just, you know, you know, watch me. I think one day you're probably going to see me probably not playing first base, maybe if it, at the next level, or if I am, then I'm playing first base at the major league level or professional level. It's, it, it's everything I've wanted. So, I mean, I, you try to, you try to use it into fuel and you, you, you prove people wrong, but at the end of the day, people are going to speak and it's not always going to be good things. Uh, there's definitely going to be some bad things. So, I mean, you just take it. It is what it is. Any temptation to go find that doctor? <laughs> no, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out there to, to brag or boast or anything like that. It's just one of those things like I, it was like kind of a similar interview I had at UNC last year. And I just said like, you know, one day you'll be, one day they'll be, you'll be watching me. And whether it was playing professional baseball or that doctor was watching me play at, at UNC, you know, someday that, that name's going to pop up again and it's going to, you know, and he's going to see it. So that that's why, like, although like that was, that, those are the only times, like, I guess, like, you know, you, you try not, it's not, it's not arrogant or cocky. It's just like, you know, like, not that you caused it, but like, you just kind of make people kind of eat their words a little. Um, you know, if I took everything to heart, especially for what they said, you know, then uh, I would have changed my my goal a, a while ago. But I'm in the hardest game in the world, and so if I were to take little criticisms and, and if it were going to knock me down, I wouldn't be where I am. So third base is is realistic. Like you're you're working right now. Like if you go out to the field this afternoon, do you take some ground balls at third base? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of going. You said like I don't want to be pigeonholed at first base. If if I can move really well at first, then well, especially in in practice when I'm at home, like I want to practice those throws across the diamond. Like I, because I played first at UNC for two years and I didn't get a lot of reps. Like I want to make sure like you know my arm is is still feeling great to throw across the diamond. My feet are still working. If okay, well, how does it how does it work to like you know different drop steps and and throwing underneath in a different slot to turn to just so you're always ready. I mean. Like you said, if you're versatile, especially, you know, being the first round pick and if you're versatile to play different positions when guys only thought you could play first, I mean, it's only going to help you it's, um, in more ways. So for me, it's just always being ready and, and always playing different positions. Like, I mean, if you're out there moving on the field, it's, it's only going to help me with my footwork at first base. If I can get more range working at third and at third getting ground balls, then at first it's going to be even easier. I'll hit you with two more. So take us back to draft night. You know, the picks are, are coming, and they're coming fast. And, and the Yankees are pick 28. The, the Twins are pick 27. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, but you have family and friends that, that are Yankees fans, right? Was, was there any yeah. sense that, that you might land at 28, not 27, and be a Yankee, not a twin? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely. 
Um, but for me, I, I mean, although I had grown up, obviously, a Yankee fan and everything, and obviously, you know, you don't, you don't lose the love for the game. And so I, I love the Twins, and obviously I still love the Yankees. Um, but for me, it was, you know, I'm getting the chance to play professional baseball. And obviously, the Yankees growing up being a Yankee fan, it's like, at that point, the, the realization of like, oh, yeah, maybe I could play for them, it was like, uh, like, I'm getting to live out my dream like right now, whether it's, even if it, say it would happen to be the Red Sox, like, I still would have loved the game, even though I grew up a Yankee fan. Um, so for me, it was just like, my dream's about to come true. And whether it's for any team, you know, I'm just ready to play. I'll let you go after this. I've got my I've got my nine year old at home. He's doing the, the distance learning thing with with this COVID world that we're in. He's in between seasons. So summer ball, you know, the season got pushed back, just ended a couple weeks ago. Fall ball starts on Sunday. His team's have been practicing. But whether it's a nine year old or a 12 year old or, or a high school aged kid, what sorts of advice do you do you give kids? My would be if you if you love the game then don't let anybody take it from you. There's going to be plenty of people, like I said, that are going to say, you know, like, you can't do it or, or the game's too hard or you should pick a different sport or you should go a different way. You know, you should always have plan B. You know, everybody says, like, well, Aaron, like, well, what are you going to do about your you – know, what are you going to do about your degree or, or what are you going to do about what happens if baseball doesn't work out? Things like that. People say that. And for me, it's if you love the game of baseball, if you love anything, like, you, you go after it. If you love being out there with your teammates and playing ball, playing ball at 9 or 12, I'm telling you that love's not going to go away. You know, there's something in your heart that you have when you're little. And for me, if people say, you know, like, well, what are you going to do after baseball? Then go prove them wrong, but make sure that there's nothing after baseball. Make sure that it's, it's only baseball. And, you know, I'm not saying, obviously, like, you know, my UNC degree. Obviously, I've made a promise to Coach Fox that I'm going to get my degree, you know, whether it's now or a couple of years down the road. But for me, it was there, – there was never a plan after baseball. You know, I, I don't think I'd become a first-round draft pick if, if, if I'm preparing for what's going to happen if, if I had to hang up the cleats. For me, it's, I'm keeping those cleats on for as long as I can until I put the cleats away and not somebody else. And so for those 9- or 12-year-olds, you know, that come out here and I, and I, and I see playing, it's, it's, uh, that was me. Everybody had to start at some point. And I'm telling you, if, if you want it and you work and you love it enough, you, you, you're going to get it. Dreams do come true. I will pass it along, Aaron. This was fantastic. Are you taking online classes now then? I mean, like in terms of uh, finishing no. your degree, are you, are you doing anything uh, online right now? Um, not online right now, only because obviously with the way that everything works is if you, if you start, you have to keep going in a row. And so the springs are, are so busy. If I was a, if I had been a, a junior, I probably would have done it because then I would have had two semesters. Um, but because I'm a sophomore, I'm kind of further than, than the normal student. So once it gets to a point where I'm, you know, once I become more acclimated to professional baseball and, and getting back into the groove of realizing like this is everyday life and realizing that, then I'll, then I'll start to pick it up again. But I don't want to go into the unknown of through COVID and start online classes. And now I'm doing more classes in the spring and it's my, maybe it's my first time playing professional baseball. And so for me, I wanted to get acclimated with how life is and, and how professional baseball works and the lifestyle. And then, then I'll definitely start ramping it up again and get my classes going to get that degree. Really cool guy, Aaron Sabato, the twins first round pick in June. Great advice for my young man, Droogie. So that interview was done actually before Droogie's first fall ball weekend, which was September 11th. That was Vikings Packers weekend. So Droogie's fall season is now done. 10 games, five weekends. His team went eight and two. So that interview was done. I guess it would have been like September 5th, September 6th. But I'm telling you, as I said in the intro to the conversation, I think it was it was still all applicable or at least most of it. I mean, you can just tell how cool of a guy 
how well-spoken of a guy Aaron Sabato is. But anyway, Droogie's team, Golden Valley, 10 and under, went 8-2 and two in the Gopher Fall Ball League. He had approximately 40 at-bats, only struck out three times. I'm so proud of my little man. I mean, I've documented at different times on this podcast his battle, his continuous battle against Lyme disease, inflammation in the brain, he had strep in his system, which we've gotten rid of, thankfully, but we really had to rework his swing. I mean, just everything he's gone through, he's still in occupational therapy. He still works hard on a daily basis, still gets some help in school. He's not the kid that we knew in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. So we're still rebuilding him in so many ways, but he's made so many strides the last 17 months, really the last couple months in particular. I found a hitting coach for him to work with, really redid his swing, and yeah, he had unbelievable success. He was one of the team leaders in on-base percentage. He hit the ball pretty solidly, oftentimes drew a lot of walks, has a really good eye. Yeah, only struck out three times in approximately 40 at-bats, played well in the field, did struggle on the mound. We'll keep attacking his pitching mechanics. But yeah, I mean, even on Sunday, they beat St. Michael Albertville and beat Monticello to finish 8-2. and two. He threw a dart, a bullet from right field. It was a hard ground ball. He could have maybe charged it a slight bit better. We'll keep working on that. But threw a bullet on the fly to the catcher. It was a bang-bang play. The kid was safe. The umpire made the right call. Kid was safe. But just the fact that he was able to make that throw from right field all the way to the catcher in the air at nine years old, it just blew me away. And just his... His resiliency, his competitiveness, his humbleness, just I'm so proud to be his dad. So congratulations, Droogie, on one heck of a fall ball season. He now transitions to basketball. Tryouts coming up on Monday. Jake Ottinger is from Lakeville. He is only 21 years old. He played briefly at Lakeville North High School as a goalie, then transitioned to the U.S. Development Program, played at Boston U, was the Dallas Stars' number one pick in 2017. Cool story with Jake. So he went up to Edmonton in the bubble with the Dallas Stars. He ends up making his NHL debut in the Western Conference Finals when Dallas beat Vegas. Then he got some time in the Stanley Cup Finals. Dallas lost to Tampa. But Jake Ottinger, 21 years old, can say he made his NHL debut in the Western Conference Finals. That is unbelievable. I caught up with Jake earlier today. Here's my conversation with Dallas Stars goalie, Lakeville native, Jake Ottinger. Jake, I appreciate your time. Now that the season is multiple weeks in the rearview mirror, have you had a chance just to reflect upon your incredible journey, in many ways crazy journey, that obviously entailed you making your, your NHL debut? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously when you're in the, the moment like that and you're just playing and you're a part of it, you don't really, you know, get much time to step back and you know, realize how cool what you're doing really is. And I think it wasn't really until I got home and, you know, my dad and I were just talking about, you know, the fact that I played my first NHL game, played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, it still doesn't feel real. I mean, that's like, you know, what I was watching growing up all the way, uh, you know, since I was a little kid. So, to, you know, I've been able to be a part of that journey and um, to have made my NHL debut of something really cool and, you know, a moment that my family and I definitely won't ever forget. You are the first goalie in 55 years to make your debut in the conference finals. I mean, when I say that, what's your reaction? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it doesn't even feel real. I mean, I'm just feel really lucky and grateful to have been in that position and to, you know, have been a part of it and, you know, to have the, the coaches and everyone 
you know, have the trust in me to, to put me in in a moment like that uh, means a lot to me. And, you know, that's obviously where I want to be um, in the near future. So to, you know, have experienced it is really cool. And now, you know, I want to get back to that point. I mean, did everything just happen really fast? I mean, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that you were drafted. I mean, you're only 21 years old. I mean, has everything just happened incredibly fast? Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. You know, time goes by so fast. And, uh, you know, it feels like yesterday I was just starting to play hockey seriously. And now, you know, I've gotten to this point in my career and it's pretty cool. But, you know, I want to get back to that point, like I said. And, you know, it's it's nice to have been there. But, uh, you know, now I know how, how fun it is and how cool it is to get there. And it's, you know, driving me even more to want to get back to that point. And um, I just think it's crazy how, you know, things go so quick and, um, you know, you just got to be ready when you get your opportunity like that. So I'm happy, uh, you know, I did and that it went well. I'm being ready for that opportunity. I mean, did you have a sense early on in your time up in Edmonton from, from the coaching staff, from your time in, in the goalie room that, that, that Bishop's knee was, was not 100% that, there would potentially be an opportunity for you to be the number two goalie? I mean, uh, I think the, my goalie coach, Jeff Reese, you know, always stressed that, but I mean, you never really think it's going to happen until it happens. And then, you know, I think uh, for the most part, I was just every day, I would just walk into the locker room and see if myself was still in the, in the, in the regular locker room or in the black aces room. And, you know, it just ended up being, I was in there for a lot longer than I thought I was going to be. And I just tried to, you know, enjoy the moment and be thankful that I had that opportunity. And, um, you know, it was really cool to be a part of. And, um, you know, I'm happy that, you know, myself and and my goalie coach were able to get me ready to be able to you know, play well when I got that opportunity. Did you have a welcome to the NHL moment at all? I mean, maybe it was, you know, morning skate, something that happened, or maybe it was, you know, seeing that first shot against Vegas. I mean, was there one particular moment that stands out where you said to yourself, okay, I've made it. I am now an NHL goalie. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like when you when you finally like get on the ice and stuff, like I felt obviously nervous, like once I it was in the locker room and stuff before the period started. But once I got out there, it just felt like another game. And, you know, it was actually like a little weird just with no fans and stuff. Obviously, like it was so quiet in there. And I think, uh, you know, when Pacioretty came down and fired one off the post, I was like, yeah, I mean, all these guys can shoot, and you know, he's obviously a, a elite goal scorer. So I think uh, just you know, like little stuff like that is stuff I'm going to pick up on, and and you know, guys that you know are in this league to shoot, I think is just you you kind of learn that with um, games and experience, and that's something that I'll I'll definitely learn as I continue to gain more experience. But I think just you know, when I played in the finals, and like I looked up at the at the uh, there's like a little banner behind like um the first level of stuff and it said like Stanley Cup final and stuff it's you know it's just crazy to have been in that moment and you don't even realize like how big it is and how many people are watching and stuff because you know it's dead silent in the arena so it's, it's it was a pretty uh weird experience but something that I'll never forget for sure has the sting of losing in the finals worn off I mean you guys came oh so <laughs> close to, to hoisting the cup yeah I think that's something that you know you'll never forget you'll never really uh get over obviously I mean you know one of the big things that they stress is just you never know like you're gonna get that opportunity again so I think for me you know obviously winning it my first year would have been incredible but I think it's the fact that I know that you know how hard it is to get there and how you know rare it is to get that far and I think you know if I ever get that opportunity again then I'm gonna you know remember all the feelings of you know coming that close and seeing guys that you really care about and you really want to win with uh 
you know, being that much pain, I think is something you never forget. And, you know, it's something that drives me every day to, you know, hopefully get back to that point one day in my career. Do you have a sense of, of where you'll start next season? I mean, in all likelihood, will you start in the AHL next season? Um, you know, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, um, on paper, I'd probably say that's, you know, what it's looking like, but, you know, it's my job and, and it's my goal to go into training camp and, you know, be the best goalie at camp and then, you know, let them make their decision from there. I mean, that's my goal. And, um, you know, I'm not going into training camp thinking, uh, you know, oh, I'm just going to go down to the AHL. Like I want to be in the NHL. I want to make the Dallas Stars at a training camp and that's my goal. And I'm going to do whatever it takes in the next three months to make sure I'm ready for that opportunity. And then, you know, I'm going to let the management and the coaches decide, uh, you know, from there, but it's my job to, to make sure I'm, you know, the best goalie at training camp and the best goalie I can be. So that's what I'm focused on right now. A lot of us here in the Twin Cities, Jake, remember you early on in your in your run at Lakeville North, but then you left for, for the developmental program. But yeah. in hindsight, I mean, that time, you know, like how beneficial was that time with the U.S. developmental program to help you get to the position you're in now? I can't, you know, say enough things about my time there. And I know 100% that, um, you know, if I hadn't gotten there, that I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am right now. And you know, obviously I love playing at Lakeville North. That's a dream come true. And, um, you know, being able to play in the state tournament with, you know, my best friends that are still my best buddies to this day is something I'll never forget. But, you know, my ultimate goal is to play in the NHL. And, you know, myself and my family and the people that were around me felt like, you know, if that's really my, my ultimate goal, then, you know, that's what I need to do in order to get there and give myself the best chance. So, you know, I had two unbelievable years at the, the NCDP and that, you know, got me the opportunity to go to, to Boston University and then, you know, from Boston University uh, to, you know, where I am right now. And, you know, I think I've made the, the right decisions along the way. And I'm, I'm really fortunate and lucky to have gotten the opportunities to play at both the NCDP and FBU. On your best buddies, I mean, in particular, Ryan Paling, like how cool is it that, that two of you that, that, you know, presumably grew up playing together, certainly were on that on that Lakeville North team as, as ninth graders, that both yeah. of you now have, have played in the NHL? It's insane, like. It's crazy. I mean, it's. I think it's something you won't even really like, really appreciate and realize until uh, you know we're both done playing hockey and we're sitting around a fire, just talking about you know the the journey that we both have been on. And I think like even the fact that we were drafted, twenty five and twenty six is like it's crazy. I mean, you can't even you can't write a better story than that. And it's just so cool. I mean, you know, you've always known that he was special and that he was going to do you know, great things, and then to see. Uh, you know, someone that deserves it that much, uh, you know, do what he did. And especially just watching like what he did in his first game and stuff. I think the sky's the limit for him. And, uh, you know, he's got nothing but great things ahead and to you know, have been a, a small part of it and to, you know, consider him one of my best friends is really cool. And uh, you know, to be close with their family as well is something that, uh, you know, is crazy. And it's just crazy how stuff like that works out. I'll hit you with two more. What do the next handful of weeks look like? I mean, right now, Deservedly so, you're getting some R and R, but you know next season will start here pretty darn quick. The calendar will flip yeah. to, to 2021. Next thing you know, the next hockey season will start at some point in January. Yeah. So, like, will training ramp up here pretty quick? Yeah, I mean, I started uh, training stuff uh, this week and last week, and uh, you know, I think like you said, like, you know, I definitely need some time away from the ice, but uh, you know, I think you it's never too early to get back in the gym and. There's nothing wrong with being in great shape uh, off the ice, so I think that's what I'm focused on right now, and just let my body heal and getting stronger and and uh, you know just more durable and stuff like that. Just get myself ready for next year, and then 
you know, hopefully once you get a start date, I can start jumping back on the ice and hopefully head down to Dallas and start skating with, uh, with Jeff Reese and some of the guys down there. So that's uh, kind of what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, but for the next four or five days, I'm looking to get some sun and hang out on the beach as much as I can. Last one. I mean, you had a pretty good view. I mean, you guys played Calgary for, for six games. The Minnesota Wilds have, have a new number one goalie in Cam Talbot. What, yeah. what stood out as you were watching Talbot play against, you know, your teammates, your Dallas Stars teammates in that playoff series? I guess what stood out about Talbot? What kind of goalie are the Wilds getting? Yeah, I think he is just, like, so calm. Um, you know, was, I've watched him for a long time. I, growing up, I was a huge New York Ranger fan because of Henrik um, when when they were together in in New York, was kind of just coming out partying, and to just see, you know, he's a smaller goalie, and I feel like, you know, with smaller goalies sometimes they tend to get like scrambly or, um, you know, try to or not try to, but just you know catch himself moving around too much, and I feel like he's, um, you know, just really good at being calm and patient. I think the Wilder, you know, going to get a goalie who, you know, when he's at his best, makes the game look easy, and you know, hopefully he does well for the Wild, and um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Jake, thank you. Get back to the beach. Yeah, absolutely. No worries. Have a good one. Lakeville native, Dallas Stars goalie Jake Ottinger was nice enough to join me as he's on a little bit of a vacation in Marco Island, Florida. Finally, here on Scoop Podcast episode 317 is my conversation from a few days ago with Damarian Watson Salisbury, junior wing from Totino Grace High School. He's a transfer from Minnehaha Academy. Richard Patino and the Gophers made Watson Salisbury a recent offer. That means in the class of 2022, here in Minnesota, the Gopher basketball team has eight offers extended. Trey Holloman, Prince Oleg Bay, Elvis Naji go up and down the list. There are eight players here in Minnesota in the class of 2022 with Gophers offers. Damarian is one of them. Here is my conversation with Damarian Watson Salisbury. By the way, since my conversation with Damarian, he's picked up yet another offer, this one from Creighton. The time I talked to him, he had just been offered by the Gophers and Nebraska. Florida has an offer out to him. Iowa. So Damarian Watson Salisbury blowing up here in the state of Minnesota. Damarian, I appreciate your time. Just take me through. I mean, the main reason I wanted to talk to you was you picking up a recent offer from the hometown Gophers, the University of Minnesota. Just take me through, take us through how that offer came about. Well, while I was driving, actually, I got a call from Patino, and he said he was just asking me how my day was, and I said it was going well because before then I just got the offer from Nebraska. But um, going, I was actually going to a um, a workout, a lifting workout, and um, he had called me and told me that he was going to offer me a scholarship, and I was very excited because you know whole hometown. Gophers. I grew up a Gophers fan. I mean, it just felt great, you know, and then it just felt like I was finally getting recognized because for all my hard work and yeah. All right. So, I mean, was there a sense, I mean, once Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska offered, did you have a sense that, that at least one, if not multiple more offers would come in and eventually that, that the hometown Gophers would extend the offer? Well, I knew that the Gophers had some interest in me because I had been to a couple uh, games in the, I think, fall. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't really know what was going to happen that day, but I knew eventually if I kept working hard and playing well, it would happen. 
what sort of relationship do you have with their staff? I mean, there's been a little bit of change with, with Coach Jeter getting the head coaching job at Western Illinois and Jeff Malhot coming in. Have you gotten to know Coach Malhot? Yeah, I actually talked to him like a couple of times last week before he, before they extended the offer to me. I mean, he's a really cool guy, a really outgoing guy and well-spoken guy. And then how about Nebraska? I mean, Fred Hoiberg, that's a name that resonates here in Minnesota from, from his days playing with the Timberwolves. And he was a, a Timberwolves front office executive. So he's a popular name here in town. Take me through how you're building that relationship up with, with Coach Hoiberg. Well, I already kind of knew Coach Hoiberg and like just overall his name. He's a really good coach and he kind of fits the style of play that I like to play at and just kind of building a relationship. I haven't really talked to them in a while, but hopefully we can um, have another conversation, hopefully get on a Zoom call and get to know Nebraska a little bit more. Damari, when you talk about the style of play that you like, expound on that. What What is the style of play that you enjoy? I like playing at a fast pace, um, really just back and forth play in transition where you can just get the ball and just go. Now, no, just holding it back and trying to get a play set up. No, you just go and then everybody's on the perimeter or maybe one guy inside, maybe four out one in, and then everybody's just can shoot it. Everybody can um, dribble, everybody can score and defend. Are you still growing? I mean, presumably the, the growth plates are still open. Like how tall are you right now? How tall might you get? Well, right now I'm about six, 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 seven ish, but um, I'm hopefully trying to get to six, nine, six, ten. And are the growth plates still open? Do the doctors tell you that you may grow that tall? Yeah, they do. They think I could um, grow about a couple more inches. I mean, imagine. So if you get to six, nine, six, ten, but you have the guard skills, the wing skills that you have, just think about how versatile you could be if you could guard, you know, positions one through four. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that the idea? Yeah, it is. And how about just what are you focusing on right now? I mean, the beauty is, thankfully, we're going to have some semblance of of a winter season. But as you're training with with your Totino Grace teammates in some form or fashion, you know, what are what are some things that you're working on right now? Right now, I'm trying to work on my my confidence. Well, kind of, and then also just my ability to just bring up the ball and have help out the point guard and my ball handling skills and also my shooting, my three-point shooting. How loaded are you guys? I mean, I was over at Totino Grace, you know, before before coronavirus hit, like sometime it was either in January or early February. I mean, so many young, talented players there. Yeah, definitely. We have a really nice team. We all kind of are around the same age, so it's kind of cool because we all blend well. And then um, we all – kind of just play hard and just go after it. Take us through how you landed at Totino. So a lot of us remember you from Minnehaha, but you made the transition. Just take us through that process. Well, because at Minnehaha, I didn't play a lot. I didn't feel like that was the best fit for me. Nothing gets Minnehaha. Minnehaha is a great school. But um, they had a really, we had a very loaded team. And at that time, it just wasn't a good opportunity for me to get my shine and be able to actually have the ball in my hands because there's a lot of good players who always want the ball, who want the ball in their hands, wants to score. And there's only one ball, and not everybody can get the score in that opportunity. So then my mom actually knew, um, you know, Taysen Chapman, right? I do, yeah. He has a Gophers offer right now. Yeah, my mom knew Taysen's dad, and he recommended I talk to Coach Nick and um, – 
see about Totino Grace. And then we just have been, I guess we were just talking this summer about it. And then eventually I just decided that I would like to um, go to TG. Yeah. And coach Nick is, is a plus he's fantastic. He's got so many different contacts. I mean, I would imagine that coach Nick is going to be moving forward. Just an excellent resource for you as, as your recruiting gets bigger and bigger. Definitely. And I mean, are you already forming that bond with, with coach Nick? Yeah, me and Coach Nick talk very often, actually. We just talk about basketball and just how my day is going, how life's going. He's a good coach and a good person. How much – did you play a, a decent amount of JV last year? Like, how much are you just looking forward to to having a full-time varsity role? I'm actually very looking forward to it. I'm. This is probably the first time I've ever actually probably going to start this year. So I'm looking forward to that and just being able to – get on the floor and play in front of these coaches. It's, it's a big deal for me. Who did you play for? Were you able to play some AAU basketball during during the summer? Yeah, we played a couple tournaments. I played with Sizzle. Yeah, so, it's uh, grass. Is that with Coach Sandifer? Yeah. And so was it, was it great just to be able to get some action in the summer? I mean, so many players just don't have an opportunity right now. Like I think about, you know, doing what I do. Like I, I, I've talked to Zeke Naji, for example. Mm-hmm. a bunch the last handful of months. I think about Zeke, the last time he played a game was early March with the University of Arizona. He won't play another game until, you know, January when the NBA season starts. Just yeah. how grateful are you? I mean, he's getting in some scrimmages out in Vegas, but but I'm talking a real game. Like, just how grateful are you that you've been able to get some run during, during the pandemic? I mean, it's great because, I mean, those couple of months where we weren't able to play just made me more hungry and just made me want to train more. To so when I actually got the opportunity to play, the few opportunities I did, I would be able to be ready and ready to go. How special is is the 2022 class in this state? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Damarian, but I believe you are. Is it the eighth Minnesota player from the class of 2022 with, with a Gophers offer? I believe so. Just how special collectively – you know, is is your group, that, that 2022 group, I think about, you know, whether it's, you know, Elvis Najee, Trey Holloman, you know, Prince, some of the guys that you played with in Minnehaha, just, I mean, we can go up and down the list, right? The kid at Byron that just got the Gophers offer. I mean, just, Damarian, there are so many guys, you included, that are so special in that junior class. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of, you know, grew up playing each other, so we all have a really good bond. We all know each other, and we all talk a lot. Me and Prince especially, he's like one of my best friends. So, I mean, we really have a really good team, a really good um, 2022 class. We have a really strong class out of Minnesota, and I feel like we are actually one of the top classes in the actual country for Minnesota. Was it hard to tell Prince that you were leaving him at Minnehaha? Yeah, because he's one of my bros. I've been there since seventh grade, and we were just growing up together and playing with each other for a long time. So it was just a hard pill for them to swallow. But they accepted it, and they knew kind of why I left and the opportunity I would have at Totino Grace. Damarian, who else is is recruiting you? So presumably there are some some colleges that are reaching out to you that, that maybe haven't quite offered but but may eventually offer. Who are some of those schools? Well, yesterday I talked to Marquette, and then I think on Monday I talked to Maryland. Um, and then I also have interest from Butler, uh, California, Berkeley, um, and uh, what was it, West Virginia, just to n- name a few. Are you enjoying this process, or 
at times is it is it overwhelming i mean you're a junior in high school you just want to hang out with your buddies have a good time and and these coaches you know when they can they're they're trying to be in contact with you blowing up your phone when they can are you enjoying the the recruiting process definitely i am enjoying it i feel like because i was a little late to the recruiting process because of just covid and everything i really couldn't get my name out there as i can now and so i'm definitely enjoying it and loving it i mean do you have a bit of a chip on your shoulder like you know that, that you've been flying under the radar but but the next two years i mean you'll make sure that, that your name is cemented among the, the best players here in minnesota definitely i definitely have a huge chip on my shoulder and i feel like i have a lot to um grow as a person and a player and i feel like i have something to prove as a as that i'm a top player in minnesota for the 2022 class and just to just to reiterate so you grew up i mean You've been watching the Gophers for a while. Do you remember some of the Tubby Smith teams from years back and, and some of the Richard Patino Gophers teams from the last seven years? Um, I remember not really because I just knew, like, the Gophers. That was really when I was younger. I didn't really know a lot of basketball teams. I just knew the Gophers, and I was really, like, I, I grew up a Gophers fan. I mean, the Gophers, the everything, you know? So I don't really remember many teams, but I knew they have had – many good teams in the past. Has Coach Patino mentioned to you, like, does he compare you to any players that that he's coached? Like, you know, does he think that you have a chance to be like Amir Coffey, who's playing right now in the NBA with the LA Clippers or, or anybody? Yeah, well, during the Zoom call, we looked at a couple films and um, he definitely compared me to uh, Amir Coffey and he said that I could play this role and that I can, um, if I uh, play well at the Big Ten area, I can be able to go to the NBA just like he I'm, did. That's pretty cool, right? That that he sees some Amir Coffee in your game. And Amir got some run with the Clippers this year. They love him in Los Angeles. I can just tell you that. So like it's worked out really well for Amir after he left the U after his after his junior year. Just how, how special a feeling is that that Coach Patino, you know, compares Amir to you? I mean it feels it feels good because I'm actually being compared to an actual NBA player who actually play at the U of M, and I have somewhere to like grow and see where I can be, where I can fit in the actual system and the actual um, plays that they run. Damarian Watson Salisbury Jr. at Totino Grace, six feet six, and still growing. One Gophers men's basketball note: the Booth Gotch. Waiver submission will take place either tomorrow or early next week. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that the NCAA will grant him immediate eligibility, but there's still some paperwork that needs to be submitted. All right, we are done. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 317 on this Thursday, early evening, the 15th of October. Stay safe, stay sane.